When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Devs back in the building. Devs in the building. All the way from Idaho. Holy shit. I'm looking at Dev in the flesh. I can see his skin. I can see his meat. I had to travel 3,000 miles, dodge a hurricane, (laughs) and several tornadoes in Oklahoma. But I'm here. The commitment. The commitment to film history, the history of film is real. The commitment's real. I'm yeah. here. I'm back for the foreseeable future. Damn That's right! Amazing. What an incredible, what an incredible ease upon me. This is um, why I uh, created that hurricane. Yeah, good, yeah. good on you. Yeah, Dev back on get, back here. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth all the deaths and livelihoods. Yeah, story so that I don't have to wait on audio to be uploaded. Dev, when is the three stooges going up? Uh, well, the external hard drive that it's on is still in Florida. So. Oh, my God. We'll just re-record so it. That we'll means... re-record it. Fuck it, we'll do it in person. We'll re-record it in It'll person. It'll be shipped out here probably by next week. <laughs> okay, all right, that's next week. It's next week. Yeah. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. It's not going up until after spooky season at this yeah. point anyway. So. That's, uh, honestly, I don't mind if we have yeah. to re-record it. Yeah. It's fine with me. I, I feel like it was a good recording. We can leave it in the vault. It'll be yeah. like it'll, it'll be a buffer episode. Like okay. There's no speed on getting Three Stooges up. That's true. So it's like, if it doesn't go up until February, it's just a free week. You know okay. what I mean? It's a I free, dig that. It's a free space on the board. I dig that. But guys, I know it's a little bit late. We got to get started on this beefy episode. But I do have a film history story that I think you're all going to love. And it is appropriate that we're all together to revel in this small victory. Let's hear it. Um, so Ezra I, Miller went to prison. No, no, oh. no, 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 no. no. He got a pass, and they're making a sequel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Ezra Miller did nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> According to Warner Brothers. Um. So I was, uh, I was on TikTok Live the other day. I, uh, I record, I, I stream live on TikTok every once in a while. I just, uh, I stream myself playing games. Um, and I was, uh, it's just usually a very casual stream. I don't really get too many viewers right now. It's just chill, laid back. Every once in a while, one or two people will pop into live. I'll talk to them for a little bit and stuff. And sometimes I even just forget to look down at my chat because I'm just like into the game. I'm not really expecting many people to talk. But I look down at the chat and I see someone posted. They commented, you know what I'm talking about? No. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. What? And he was like, hey, man, I followed you over from the Film History Podcast. I love the podcast. I just binged every episode. I'm like, no fucking way, dude. I was like, oh, my God, it's crazy. Do you know one of us? Or, like, how did you hear about the podcast? Yeah. He was like, man, I was just like, I I watched this horror movie, and I was like, I'd love to learn more about film history. So I just typed into Apple Podcasts, like, film history podcasts, and your guys is one of the first ones that popped up. Holy shit. And I listened to an episode, and then I binged the whole thing, and I'm caught up, and I'm like eagerly awaiting like more episodes dude and i was like yo i actually we just po- i just posted one like an hour ago he's like i know i already listened to it oh my god he was like 40 minutes isn't long enough and i was like i understand it's just wow. been a weird it's been a weird couple weeks he was like i love the multiple parters i love the the yeah. multiple parters uh the longer the better good and um he was like you guys just have such great chemistry on the mic that yeah. it's just like it's just a joy to listen to wow man so, that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I do not have his actual name because it's just his username on TikTok, but I can shout out his username. 
And I didn't get the comments verbatim. I didn't screenshot them, but just from memory, that was the gist of what he was saying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me let me pull up. Um... See, you know, our fucking show is dope. It is dope. <laughs> like, it is dope. And we um, are the longest running film history podcast yeah. on all platforms. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, when we started this, it absolutely was also to fill a void. Like, I felt like this show needed to exist. There was no other. There was no other show like film this. History absolutely show. Now, not. there have been many since. Yeah. And yeah. I would argue that some of those charlatans out there have copied off the greats, but you cannot right. you replicate cannot. Nah. the mastery you can't that get is a, the film history, the you, history. You can't film. get the three of us. Shout out to TikTok user Fortunate Son 3 Dude, he's got a CCR name on top of it. <laughs> Amazing. I love this guy. Fortunate Son. Are you kidding me? CCR That's what that? I used to... Clearance Cold Water Revival? Yeah. Okay. Lord yeah. help us. Right. That was that was uh, sacrilegious, everyone. I apologize. You did just come from Mississippi. Yeah. I did just come from Florida, which is like CCR's native land. Yeah, yeah, like CCR is like the theme, the, the, oh my God, I just forgot the name of the patriotic song for America. The, uh, the national anthem of the South. Freebird? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much. This is one of the reasons I'm loving doing this show is like the mm. we're we have been getting some engagement recently. Yeah. And it's oh, been very and cool. Also, he said uh I'm absolutely gonna subscribe to the Patreon. Awesome. Uh, so I haven't checked to see if he actually did, but I believe him. Dude. So thank we'll, you for being our third Patreon subscriber. Hell yeah. Well, okay. While we're talking about people who listen to the show who we appreciate very much. This one actually comes from a listener. Today's episode. Should yes, just... which we should shout out because we shout him out on the Three Stooges episode, which is held up in Hurricane Purgatory. Yes. So we should reintroduce this, ah, this saint. Good idea. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, this is a German listener. He himself has a podcast. His name is Furchten Lehren. Right? Yeah. Furchten Lehren. Is there a ch? Uh, there might be a. Let me see it. Fuchin Lerin. There the, you go. The U is long because it has the two dots. Oh, the two okay. dots are an oolong, so gotcha. that means you pronounce it like a U. Fuchin. Gotcha. Future. And he's got a podcast of his own. <laughs> Future out Hendrix. There. And it, it is also a film podcast. Mm -hmm. um, a horror film podcast. A horror film podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's very good. I don't speak German, so yeah, I, I, I try to listen to it. I. I imagine it sounds good. I bet uh, it's amazing. But it's, it's all in German. If you're a German speaker, I guarantee it is the best native German podcast on the market. Absolutely. I can guarantee that. You but, know uh, what? Uh, I got my cousin and a really good friend who's an opera singer both living in Germany right oh, now. Oh, shit. I'm going to be able – I'm going to hit them up, DM, be like, spread this word, yo. Spread the word, mm -hmm. and maybe we can have like a big crossover podcast yeah, at some point. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you for, for the sure. recommendation. Yeah. And thank you for being persistent. We're really bad at social right now, and uh, which is ironic considering the industry I work in. And <laughs> uh, we didn't check our DMs, and so thank you so much for yeah. being persistent and DMing me directly because I do check those. Yeah. And – uh, you know, we could get this whole thing situated, so I appreciate that. But thank you for making the recommendation for the episode four, Film History. The, the History of Film! Well, our friend from Germany has requested a very spooky episode for the spooky season. Spooky season part two. Are we running that Halloween intro right now? We don't have a Halloween intro. I, do you want me to recycle one from last year? I mean, we might as well at this point. Recycle We're one from last in October. year. It's a week from Halloween. <laughs> 
So <laughs> <laughs> we need a new. Sp- Let's record uh, a new spooky intro right now. Right this very moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dev, <laughs> give us, give us a baseline. Give us the the, the lead in. Um, oh boy, not Halloween. Give us another spooky sound, to, um, and we're gonna riff off of it. Okay. Dun 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 dun. Film history. The history of film. The history of film history. It's spooky season. Spooky season. Spooky season. Film history. The history of film. This one is going to be the House of Wax. Madame Tussauds. <laughs> she had. She was. Uh, she was mentioned in this story. Really? Yeah, a little. How bit. old is Madame Tussauds? Old. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Old. I thought she was some uh, Hollywood Boulevard tycoon. <laughs> I thought she was like a. I don't have my laptop in front of me, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say old. I thought. She, <laughs> I, if I were to guess, I would have said she was 55. There you go. Yeah. She looks great for her age. Okay. I'll tell you that because she's in wax. Oh, she's uh, in wax. She, in her- she encased her corpse into wax when she died. Is that true? Nah. Oh. But wouldn't that be cool? It yeah. sounded believable. Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard, baby. Hollywood Anything can happen. Weird, yeah. yeah, it's right. Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard used to have the Museum of Death. Uh, yeah. Has since gotten more pussy since that. Yeah. So they, they removed the Museum of Death. Today we're gonna be doing House of Wax. It has nothing to do with Madame Tussauds. Uh, this has everything to do with a classic horror movie that uh, cemented itself in film history with a lot of first. A lot of uh, evolution of film came from this here moving picture. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wait, um, wasn't this also remade 40 times? This was remade 40 times. Which this one are we was, talking about? So the original one was 1933. Okay. The one that we're talking about today is in the 50s. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you more specifically what part of the 50s. Okay, you know. right. In that um, segment that we do. Yeah. And that thing we do. Mm-hmm. And then they made another one in 2005 uh, with Paris Hilton. Okay. And, so why are we talking about the middle one? We're talking about the middle one the because the cast is stacked. The cast is stacked. And also the middle one was one of the first movies to do a lot of things. Okay. This changed film forever. Is there anything interesting about the first one? Yeah, the first one is definitely interesting. The fir- So one of the first, one of the interesting parts about the first and the second one, the first one, as our German friend was talking about yeah he pointed out uh the first one was pre-code second one was not ah and so like they cleaned it up a little bit for the second one interesting okay yeah and the first one is more brutal i would have loved to have talked about the first one honestly but it just the second one is like i just have to that's where the juice is yeah man. that's the juice okay this was like we've got avatar these days because of the first whoa this this movie that i'm gonna talk about today yeah yeah maybe next halloween we'll do the first for sure for sure it absolutely deserves its own episode it's amazing it's got Faye ray one of the biggest like 1930s actresses okay cool ever is there anything uh, interesting about the paris hilton one uh the most interesting part is how much of a bomb it was oh, and okay. how terrible everyone <laughs> here's the thing i saw it it was 2005 so yeah. i was like you know 12 years old or some mm-hmm. shit you were not even born yet. i wasn't born yeah um <laughs> and then dev and i were like retiring or whatever <laughs> I, was, were being born. I was finishing my first addiction there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting off the cocaine for a while, for sure. I was, uh, <laughs> I was a junior in high school, you know, okay, just yeah. fucking. And I thought it was amazing, but also it had Paris Hilton, and I'm pretty sure she's like half naked through the whole movie. So That's I thought cool. it was great. That's the point of it. Yeah. That's the point of it. 
And uh, if you guys don't really know the premise of House of Wax, all of the movies, all mm-hmm. three of them, share one similar thing for sure. It's about a guy who's disfigured, who lures victims into his uh, killing field, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whether it be a house or in the 2005 version, it's like a whole little street. So wait, is this this is not to be confused with the, the Rob Zombie movie, right? No. no. That's Which House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that's House uh, of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. No, no, no. Different house. Even worse. <laughs> even worse movie. <laughs> Different house. I remember it being terrible. I thought I'd do wax people, though. Even worse movie. Okay. See, I um, liked House of a Thousand Corpses, but yeah. I'm biased just because I like Rob Zombie. No, I love Rob Zombie, too. So, the Monsters is actually pretty good, I like good, his y'all. music. I'm not a fan of his film I still work. work out to that man's music every single day. Like, still to this day, the same fucking playlist. He's, He's wild. Yeah. He's wild, man. But uh, yeah. but no, and that's also because of it being about like a slightly disfigured person. Yeah. Why I went with or attempted to go with that Phantom of the Opera theme music? Hell yeah! Uh, there you go. Slightly yeah, disfigured. Like, with this the is mask. sort of Phantom of the Opera esque. Yeah, okay. well, because it's a, it's the a, the whole yeah arc. I think everything the, of it. The killer essentially lures in. He's he's disfigured and he lures like beautiful young people into wherever it is. And his method of killing them is covering them in hot wax. And they die inside the hot wax, but they're, like, immortalized. You know, he turns them into wax statues while they're still alive. Interesting. And this goes back to the 1933 film. Like, that 1933 film is That's brutal. Brutal. You wow. Know, and has even more brutal stuff than the version I'm going to be talking about today. Wow. Maybe even more brutal, honestly, than the 2005 version. Yeah. The 33 pre-code film is, is it's a real-life horror no, movie. I, I buy that, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I do remember this. This is, just like... Rattling around somewhere in my deep memories. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was it was marketed huge in okay. 2005. It was yeah. all over the place. It was probably so. Like so, uh, the convenient thing about when I was born is every grade is also the year. So in 2005, I was in fifth grade. There you go. Uh, yeah. So like this sounds like something that like I would have like watched like because it like sounds like something that's like. I'm too young to watch, so it's like we probably all like sought out, you know For what sure. I mean? But I don't For have sure. a vivid memory of this, but I there's somewhere in there that like I feel like I was at a friend's house, yeah, and we were like, yo, this wild movie's on. Paris Hilton's naked in it, and people exactly. get melted. Let's fucking watch this. And for the version yeah. we're going to talk about today as well, I mean, uh, you've probably run into it a time or two, uh, just because this is. Vincent Price is in this movie. I'm going to talk about him a little bit today. He is absolutely going to get his own episode at some point. Just absolute fucking legend of horror, Vincent Price. Vincent uh, Price is dope. Yeah, man. Super dope. Uh, uh, House on Haunted Hill. Like, he was, you know, he was in that. He was, Vincent Price was this guy from, like, the late 30s on into the 50s and 60s and on uh, who was a horror actor, who was a horror creator, writer, producer, the whole thing. He was... He's like one of the kings of horror, really. Like, Vincent Price created a whole aesthetic for horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was kind of Rod Serling of horror films. Interesting. Yeah. He was like a face. You know what I mean? Like, when he was in a a horror movie, it was going to be good. Okay. Yeah. He was a guy. And he's in this. And this was sort of like a comeback for him. Oh, okay. But anyway, I'll get into all that. But before that, I gotta take you into a little segment that we like to call When Are We? When are we? <laughs> 
<laughs> when are we? 1952. Whoa. 1952, baby. I feel like we haven't done much 50s yet. We have not done much 50s, but 52, this is the year that Streetcar Named Desire comes out. Oh. Yeah. I think uh, we did a thing about Brando once. We did a little thing about Brando. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, an entire season of this show. <laughs> just a little thing. Oh, yeah, season three. Yeah, season three. I think we made a good decision on that. Yeah. Let's just cap it off on Brando. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. was that season two? That was season two. That was yeah. season two. We're in, yeah. season, We're three in season three now. It's starting yeah. with Spooky season. Uh, season two was only Brando. It was only Brando. <laughs> it was strictly And then we Brando. took another eight-week break. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're back. <laughs> well, this is why we were like, you know, Brando, very few deserve the honor of an entire season. Yeah, Brando deserved it, man. Yeah. Like, he's the whole reason for the show, you know. <laughs> the reason for the season. Yep, reason for the season, baby. But we're in 1952. Harry Truman is president right now. True. Uh, this is when we are getting real anti-communist, real pro-bomb. Um, Doing everything with nukes. Putting every, nukes on oh cars. Oh, my God, putting yes. Putting nukes in microwaves. We're putting nukes on fucking anything that moves. <laughs> we are putting nukes on dogs. We are throwing them in the ocean. We're nukes new everything. Toaster, powered by nuclear power. <laughs> uh, is this yeah? Is this when the term nuke it came along? Yeah. Like when you're putting something in the toaster, just like nuke it. Yeah. We. I mean, I, I think for real. Like between 1950 and 1955, didn't we set off like 300 fucking nukes like nearby? Not that far Probably away. Most, like in the we, desert, right? Yeah, like in the atoll. I don't know when. At some point in the 50s, I think, there was the or maybe the, the, the 60s, there was a nuclear treaty to prevent yeah. both the U.S. and Russia from blasting so many fucking test yeah, bombs it's off. like, please stop. Everybody stop in the it. world was like, Remember, you guys. it had to have negatively affected the atmosphere. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, uh, That's uh, why we, we all have cancer now. We uh, ruined so <laughs> many islands. Yeah. Like, there's islands still in the South Pacific that you <laughs> oh, can't. Yeah, Brando's Island. Yeah, Brando's Island got got nuked, dude. Like, the man's island in Fiji got fucking nuked. Yeah, that's right. Tahiti. It was Tahiti, Tahiti. yeah. Jesus. That's Uh, hilarious. But but Harry Truman, it is, you know, it it makes sense because Harry Truman, if you remember, is the guy who literally pulled the trigger on the first nuke in Japan. Oh, yeah. So he's like, fuck it. We're just go. That's right. Okay. FDR (laughs) was president. Truman is vice president in World War II. And then Truman just hears in the in the wind about what is this Manhattan Project? Where's all this money going? And literally the rest of the government was like, hey, vice president, you don't need to fucking know about that. Why don't you keep your goddamn mouth shut? And Truman was like, fine. FDR dies. Truman becomes president. Two weeks later, he's like, what are we doing? Press the button. Nuke it. Press like, the button. I, you guys were holding out on me this whole time. I would have told you press the button a long fucking time Let's ago. Let's fucking go, baby. Like, I'm talking like from April to August, this man was like, nuke them right now. <laughs> like, it's, it's over with. And nuke as we them. sit on the precipices of nuclear war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. We're close. He's like, nuke them, then get started on this whole video game idea. Yeah. That, <laughs> shout out to that Patreon episode. Just fire the nukes and get the video games going. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was our boy Truman. Well, he's use the nukes to fund the games. <laughs> and so right now, he's the sitting president. But what I do like, to be fair, like killing millions of people is all horrible, of course. But like what was kind of beneficial is like that one nuke acted like a global COVID. Like everybody went, whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. What the Wait fuck just happened? We got to pause like, for a second. Yeah. Everybody stop fighting. Yeah. 
Hold on. Like, then they we dropped the second one. Did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we well, that the was only one. within like two days because they wouldn't yeah. surrender. Yeah. We yeah. said surrender unconditionally and they refused. They're like, nah, bro, you ain't got another. And we yeah. were the last ones to do it. So far. So far. So the far. Only first and last. In history. The only ones first in history. First and last, to do baby. It. Hopefully. Yep. <laughs> Look, I, I all hope it continues to be that way. All I got to say. Everybody should just stop firing nukes it's going to continue to be that way. If Putin or Kim Jong un wants to drop a nuke, all I ask is just drop it on LA so I can be done with yeah, this. Yeah, dude, I don't want to go wait, through wait, this. Wait, wait. Just, don't listen to them. I just got here. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just, I want to be done with it. You got to deal with either being vaporized or, you know, Fallout's a fun game, but that's not how it's actually Directly gonna go. on gonna Hollywood. They would love for me. nothing more than for <laughs> the Texas and, and Florida and all these other states to be wiped off the map so that L.A. just takes over yeah, America. Yeah, dude. That's like their whole end game. We're growing avocados We're everywhere. Totally safe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Weed's legal everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, how to nuke a cotto, dude? It's so good. You know where they're not going to live? LA and San Francisco and Seattle and yeah. Portland. Those places are all fine. Watch what happens when a country relies only on the entertainment industry. Oh. <laughs> That's our, we'll just be the production contractor yeah. for the rest of the world. The entire United States of America becomes Warner Brothers and Ezra Miller is president. About damn time. I think you all know it'll be the mouse. You know, there are Already a step away. Yeah, <laughs> they already own this place. Let's be honest. Does Disney have a nuke? <laughs> Speaking of nukes, 1952. Uh, we were getting out of nukes by then. Nukes were yesterday's news. Okay. We're getting into hydrogen bombs. Oh, now, fuck. Fuck. oh yeah, fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, bad. That was that was the year the first hydrogen bomb, codenamed Mike. At, uh, <laughs> Yo, dude, you know Mike, dude. My boy Mike. <laughs> Mike, dude. Mike. Mike. <laughs> we fucking dropped Mike off at the Marshall Islands real quick in the Central Pacific Ocean. Dude, Mike's having a rager at the island, <laughs> dude. A 10.4 megaton rager, dude. That's how big Mike is. Mike was fucking huge. And now, I mean, you know, Mike's nothing. But at the time, Truman, <laughs> Truman literally was like... <laughs> The bomb enthusiast. He's like, I like, love this so much. I love explosions, dude. And I just want to see them get way bigger. Like, I think Truman would have definitely, or maybe he did, and we just don't know about it, created, like, the world destroyer. You know? Like, he's like, fuck it, even if I blow up, I just want to see it. You know? Like, I just want to see how big that boom is, baby. It's amazing. Did you know uh, why the Fallout guy has his thumb up? No. So, um, I don't know checking? if... I don't know if this is true or not, but the the rule of, it's it's literally where the term rule of thumb comes from. If a mushroom cloud goes up and you can hold out your uh, arm oh, arm's right. length and put a thumb up, if your thumb covers the mushroom cloud, you're good. If it doesn't, you're dead. You're dead. What? And that's where rule of thumb comes from, and that's why the Fallout guys got his thumb up because that was like the the rule of thumb is you know can you see the mushroom cloud? Yeah. I love this fucking show. <laughs> Keep that in. Don't edit that yeah. out. That's incredible. I never knew that. <laughs> Dude, uh, the more you know. Dude, we got to do a Patreon episode on Fallout one day. Okay, yeah, that's one of these days. <laughs> Fallout VR, by the way, mm. that's my whole life. Like, yeah. you know, not my whole life, but my <laughs> video game life. I love but, uh, it. Yeah. I would live in there if I could. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Yeah, uh, we'll we can only help. I'd rather live yeah. there than meta. We can only that's help. That's true, man. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're almost one and the same, except Fallout's more fun. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, they're both about that's apocalyptic the thing. Ending. That's the thing. <laughs> Fallout is fun, but also, like, you know, if we're being honest, it's just going to be us melting slowly and screaming. You know, it's not yeah. going to be a whole lot of uh, fun yeah. apocalypse shit. No. But it is um, useful information. If, if Russia does drop a nuke on you, 
If you can cover, yeah. If you can cover up your thumb, you're gonna live. If not, I'm sorry, bro. Let's see more can, film history before you, you go. See the mushroom cloud. You're I'm just not. No, no, no. If thumb covers it. You're good. You're good. Okay, you, you, know, you can be at that far. Like yeah. In the valley. Right, right. <laughs> I think if it drops yeah. in the valley, I think like, it's covering more in your. I, I think it's covering more in your thumb. I think you're fucked. Like I think you no, probably. No, but like, you probably got to be a hundred miles away. You got to deal with like the radiation fallout, but like you're not getting hit by that blast, bro. That, that in the valley, well, the valley is infinite. You. The valley goes on That's for infinity. True. Yeah, if you you can continue to drive into the valley forever. The only way around the valley is the PCH. The PCH goes through the simulation, but if you just drive into the valley, you're never gonna leave. Alright, so I'm yeah. moving to Santa Barbara. Yeah, and, for sure. Or maybe just Catalina. I do not want to be on the PC. Dude, if you move to Catalina, we'll all we'll move this podcast there. We'll all move to Catalina. Definitely. We'll all yeah. go. We'll be island people. It's not yeah. a bad idea. They'll never nuke Catalina. I'll have to get my boat first so we can just come back and forth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. How oh, much God. fear do you think we've spread so far? I mean, <laughs> nuclear fear. We're starting the 50s all over again over right here. We're gonna hey, high on your desk. It'll be cool. <laughs> Everything's in Ouroboros. It's just no. right back around. If well, you're no. worried about nuclear war, uh, murder a communist in cold blood and hide under your desk. Speaking of, <laughs> very glad you said this, Drake, because the reason why we're in such a bomb-centric time is we are dead in the fucking middle of this Cold War oh right God. now in 1952. We're deep in the Cold War. McCarthy has his House Un-American Activities Committee creating the Hollywood Blacklist. Oh God. We've talked about that yeah. on, this, on this show before. Is this during the Korean War? Yes, this is. we're in the Korean War right now. It is very much active. Uh, the the fight against communism is all the rage. It Damn. is just beginning. Just beginning. <laughs> From Bo, stay in that tub. That's that. <laughs> this is the year. You know, th- these are the years that all that happens with Dalton Trumbo. Uh, I I know I've said it before. We're gonna do a whole episode on that at some point. The Hollywood blacklist. It mm. is just like that. Is also like geopolitical. Yeah, I gotta read you know, theory before that. Yeah, I gotta, we're like coming the, into that it's one prepared. Be, yeah, it'll be a season. You yeah, know. I gotta I gotta buy a couple books first. But just to give you the uh, Reader's Digest version, if you were even caught sniffing around near a fucking meeting that was happening anywhere in Hollywood where they even discussed communism, uh, odds are you were gonna be put on the blacklist to not work with any studios anymore. Uh, your career's over until you go and report to the House Un-American a- Activities Committee that was started by McCarthy. This is McCarthyism. This is when we are right now. And uh, also, you're going to probably have to talk to John Wayne at some point. John Wayne? John Wayne was one of the big... He was... Dude, John Wayne was sending people to fucking prison. That's why that, that man... Whoa. We'll talk about him one day, too. John Wayne uh, Gacy? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just as bad. Uh, <laughs> just as damaging. He does have an airport named after <laughs> Yes, he does. The John yes, Wayne Gacy does. airport? Yeah, the John Wayne Gacy airport. All the planes look like clowns. <laughs> That's a strange airport. It's just a bunch of tiny planes with clowns, a <laughs> number of clowns coming out of it. Uh, <laughs> Where's that Netflix show? <laughs> so, yeah, this is, we're deep in that territory. We're deep in, like, there There was an actor in this movie that we're going to discuss today who couldn't be credited in the movie because he was labeled a communist. <laughs> we could um, be credited? Yeah, yeah, no, like, they, they would rip your whole shit away. That's crazy. You, you got thrown in prison and you didn't get your credits? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was bad. It was real bad. Well, think about it. Like, we beat the Nazis. We didn't have anybody else to direct that hate towards. So we were like, yo. <laughs> Yo, Get these commies over here! <laughs> Yo, but I feel like they still credited them on IMDb, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this goes, dude, Patton, man. 
Patton in World War II, he said, let me keep going. <laughs> yeah, Patton Let me keep going shit. to Russia. Mm -hmm. he, he literally said that. He was like, I, I'm i telling you, you need to send these tanks to Russia right now. Did we need they to just end help this. you win, bro? Yeah, that's what America said. Yeah. He also believes in the man, but truly he's a reincarnation of, yeah, a, yeah. of a fucking Greek general or something. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, Patton was nuts. Wait? He'd yeah. around two revolvers, and he would, like, shoot at planes and shit. <laughs> Uh, no, Patton was an insane person. He would uh, always he, run out of fuel and food. He, that man drove those tanks. Yeah, he was a brilliant, brilliant yeah. fucking battle commander. Huge respect. He was, but he did believe that he was like one of the generals in like Alexander the Great's army or something. So yeah. when he was like in Italy and yeah. like in the, these theaters in Europe, he would before the battle or even during it like go and stand up on like a hill and just yes, oversee dude. it and be and tell his. Like, number two in command, he's like, that's where the chariots were. And that's where that, like, he could visualize and see these places hey, and recount it in their memories. Who hey, knows? man, I believe in reincarnation. I think it's totally possible. I guess Absolutely. it worked. I mean, he, he was, was fucking great general. He was one What's of the, the greatest thing? generals in history. Uh, he might as he might have been. Yeah, Who knows, I mean, man? Hey, yo, psychosis is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of World War II, Werner uh, von Braun, this Sun, was... Man. Yeah, I mean that was one of our Nazi scientists that we brought over here after the uh, war. We forgave them. Oh, sick! Uh, they're was... cool as long as you know how to do math. <laughs> they get IMDb credits. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, dude. He uh, he was a rocket scientist over there, and we brought him over here. He started NASA. Oh, sick! But like before he came sick. over here yeah, and NASA. became the head of NASA, yeah. he would hang Jews outside of his rocket factory that worked the slowest to yeah. motivate the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a great guy. Great guy. That's wild. Like, very past. sarcastic. That's wild. But, you know, he did make graduation, so I'm going to give it a pass. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kanye West? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he published, in 1952, he publishes the first in his series of articles entitled, Man Will Conquer Space Soon, including ideas for man flights to Mars and the moon. Uh, and so uh, that never happened, you know. <laughs> Because we know Kubrick did that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was all made up. Space isn't real in the world. It's Space flat. isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> space is flat. Uh, <laughs> this was the, speaking space of space. Is flat. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of space, this was the year that the Washington D.C. UFO incident happened. Several yeah. alleged UFOs tracked on multiple radars. Uh, jets scramble on several occasions, and the objects take evasive actions only to return after the jets leave the area. So we're being plagued by UFOs in 1952 as well. Well, we started getting high UFO traffic as soon as we let the bomb. Dude. That's when, if you look at human history, like the records of sightings, like they exist in ancient times and stuff like that, but the, the frequency of them... And it could have been because the population wasn't as big, too. But still, like, there was a noticeable change. Everybody says it from, like, the late 1940s or early 1940s, mid-1940s, whenever we first yeah. did the Manhattan Project. Yeah. And then ramped it up during this time. We were doing all the tests right. of the hydrogen bomb. There was just an, a huge acceleration of sightings, um, crashes, events, oh, like all kinds of reports. Aliens gave us the bomb. Do you think that was just fucking radiation poisoning? No. They, <laughs> oh, the reports, and this would happen all through the 70s and 80s. This is kind of freaky if you want to think about Hollywood. The uh, actual military says that when these sightings occurred near or above missile silos, it would deactivate 
and turn off the silos. What the fuck? And Whoa. it would prevent them. Like, they would be running a test or something, and they would just be like, shut it down. Like, Whoa. Aliens gave us the That's bomb. That's crazy. No, well, they, they, they were, like, mad that we... Yeah, they were mad that we used it. They, yeah. were like, they were like, fuck, did they fucking do the thing you're not supposed to do? Why would they do that? Why the fuck would they do that? Look, to do these that are our shit, parents. Man. They came down and fucked a bunch of monkeys like 100,000 years ago, made right. humans, and now they're like coming back to check on us, and they're like, now, now, children, stop playing with the nuclear weapons, you're all right? Blowing each other up. You're not supposed to use the bomb. Yeah, you guys cannot handle this shit. Yeah, you're, you're supposed to use bad. it to make toast. You see this land right here that you just bombed good luck because that's 10,000 years before you can go back there okay? yeah yeah, yeah. So. like you're supposed to use it to power rocket ships <laughs> not fucking you're supposed yeah. to use it for space travel isn't, not killing isn't that what they say Chernobyl it's like 10,000 years before I think it's say. longer I think yeah. it's like 100 but the cool thing is about Chernobyl fun <laughs> fact the about, cool thing about Chernobyl, about Chernobyl. dude <laughs> so the they found <laughs> they found the inside of the reactors were not contaminated anymore and it's because Spores of a fungus of mushroom from the surrounding forest what? mutated to feed on radiation because Fallout. that was what was such abundance there. So they minute. they went to the, the highest point of the radiation these spores are and start growing inside the reactor. Like in the reactor now, it's like covered fuck? in this fungus shit, and you can like take your suit off because it's so low levels or something. That's in crazy. There. Earth heals itself. Man. Life. Yeah. Uh, Finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's why like like wildlife is like thriving in the uh, yeah. in the, the no no zone. Yeah, dude. I don't there's know what like, they call it, the no no zone. There's like there's like yeah. half deer, half like yeah yeah coyotes. Yeah. Ha it's Fungus where, is alien too. It's where centaurs come from. They're Hell just yeah. they're in the no no zone. I still keep I still say aliens gave us that bomb. In 1952, polio is really hot this year. Oh, sick. that's all the rage. Nice. Uh, I will not take a vaccine, brother. No way, brother. <laughs> There's 58,000 cases of polio reported in the U.S. this year. 3,145 die, and 21,000 are left with mild to disabling paralysis. Polio is real fun. Yo, polio. Speaking of FDR. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his whole deal. That's uh, crazy. I can't yeah. believe... Um, I can't believe... Like Walt Disney killed a man with polio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the polio racket. Yeah, the polio <laughs> on the polio field <laughs> on, polio. on on Will Rogers's polio field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go go listen to the Will Rogers episode, man. That one's a fun one. That that's was deep, an OG one a, brought back. That's a deep cut. You oh, know, yeah. I Horse went boys. through uh, Will Rogers State Park in Oklahoma, and wow. there's a Will Rogers Airport. Is oh, the airport shit. I think yeah. in that's Oklahoma not great City? Considering what happened, <laughs> <laughs> that's I thought not it great. was hilarious. I was like, look at all this. This is oh, so ridiculous. Shit. But in the entertainment world in 1952, the 24th Academy Awards ceremony, hosted by Danny Kaye, is held at RKO Pantages Theater in Hollywood, Los Angeles. Oh, the Pantages. The Pantages. Cool. Uh, Vincent Vincente Minnelli's An American in Paris. And George Stevens, A Place in the Sun, both win a respective six awards each. The former winning Best Motion Picture, and the latter winning Best Director for Stevens. And Aliyah Kazan's A Streetcar Named Desire receives the most nominations with 12 Oscar noms wow. that year. So it wasn't the year it came out, it was the year it got nominated. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but you know. Yeah. yeah. But 1952... Is also the year that a B movie that would become historic called Buona Devil 
Written, directed, and produced by Arc Obel Oberlair and starring Robert Stack, big name, Barbara Britton, and Nigel Bruce releases in 1952. Buona Devil. So, Devil is very important to film history because this is the very first feature-length 3D film in history. And the very first feature-length 3D film in color. Wow. And the first 3D talkie in English. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine what it must have been like being in the 50s and being like a teenager and being like, oh, dude, look at all this crazy new... We're doing shooting spaceships in Hell space. Yeah. We got big ass bombs. We're like fueling <laughs> like submarines with this stuff, and then 3D, 3D comes out. Like Ew. this is the future, dude. Yeah, this that's what I'm saying. The people had to have been like, oh, without like knowing the Jetsons, it would have been like, this is the Jetsons. This is or the Jet- yeah. yeah, we're living in the future, man. This that's is Buck crazy. Rogers. I'm like take- we're about to be in Buck Rogers right here. Yes, you know. I'm gonna take my dame to the Remember movie theater they- and finger her to the 3D movie. They used to have shows that would depict oh! flying cars and all kinds of crazy yeah. advanced technology for 2000 2001 2005 like all yeah. those time periods because to be in the 2000s was so far in advance yeah it's like we'll fi- never make it there it's 50 years in the future with the way that we're bombing yeah we'll never we're, get to the year true we'll never let this happen <laughs> yeah there's no way we're making it that far that's They're wild. setting off 300 bombs a day so this movie buona devil was based on the true story of the Sava Man-Eaters. And, uh, Deb, you might have heard about these. Those lions that were fucking killing everyone. They made a 3D film Ghost. depicting this shit. Wait, wait, wait. Where were the lions? Savo. Where's Savo? Funny you should ask, Drake. The Savo Man-Eaters were a pair of man-eating male lions in the Savo region of Kenya, which were responsible for the deaths of dozens of construction workers on the Kenya Uganda Uganda Railway, uh, they were just fucking That's picking off dudes. Kind of hilarious that it's just a pair. Yeah, <laughs> it's just two lions. Like, we know these two fucking lions. They're not right. gonna tell anyone else about their spot. You know, they're like, we got this railroad like hookup, but like, let's not tell. Were anyone. they two male lions or two female lions? It was a two male lions wow <laughs> dude that's wild yeah, because like two dudes hanging out eating and the, were they even eating i don't even think they were eating cause they might have been but Just like dude women asses. are in the the females in the pride are the ones that hunt that's true they're the ones that hunt for food and the male lions only kill and, and attack for dominance and protection yeah these so they're like, we're about to dominate sport. this fucking valley, my <laughs> guy. Yeah. You want to like, build a railroad the track to their guys? fucking house? Yeah, we're about to dominate that fucking railroad. Dude. Yeah, like, get that's the fuck be our out railroad. of here. They yeah. actually wound up engineering that train. They were they conducted <laughs> the train that went down the Sabo railroad track. Uh, but it was based on that true story. This Buana Devil movie. The advertising tagline was the miracle of the age: a lion in your lap, a lover in your arm. A lion, a witch, and a wardrobe. <laughs> and this movie comes out, and uh, we're not talking about this movie today. I just wanted to set it up for you, because this movie sparked the 3D craze of the 50s. It was kind of short-lived, but it was huge when it happened. Like, okay. it really, this was a... It was the Spy Kids 3D of its day. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like I said, Avatar. Like, I would very much say that, too. Uh, like okay. Avatar I was, think Avatar uh, and uh, Spy Kids 3D are... <laughs> kind of the same. Right there. Kind the of the same, same shit, let's be honest. 
But uh, yeah, people were like, "Oh man, like the movie's like coming in my face," you know, like it's 3D. <laughs> I love when things come in my face. You guys know I can't see 3D. Oh, that's right. We're going yeah. to talk about that today, Deb. So it pissed me yeah. off when there was I only know, 3D shit coming it. out. Never yeah. ago, I was like, "Fuck I, you guys! Um, cannot, this is just blurry." I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to tell you why that is pertinent that you just said that. Damn, dude, because I'm about to come all over Avatar too. Like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna on come that. on you too yeah. in 3D. They're gonna fuck each other with their tails again. <laughs> I was, bro, what? <laughs> He had sex with a tree with his tail. I just remember watching that movie being like, this is just a- So I do have a request. I'd really like to do Avatar okay. before the second one comes out. It. Like in December. Like let's uh, do like the first week of December. I'm in. Um, Only because, if I can fuck a tree. Because there's yeah, so much interesting shit about Avatar 1. Dude, like, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're going to do Avatar in December. We'll probably do some Christmas movies as well. But yeah. uh, y'all, November, let's just keep it spooky. Yeah, we're there's keeping- no fucking Thanksgiving movies. We're keeping spook. We're, like, we're all like- Lifetime-y kind of movie. Yeah, man. Like, the one Thanksgiving movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobile, and I don't know what history is behind that, beside they just, they made a movie. And look, we were late to spooky season this year. Yeah. I already decorated my apartment. I'm not changing it till Christmas. Yeah, we're not taking (laughs) it down. like, We're not taking down the pumpkins and putting up the tree yet, so. Hell no. Just stick with us. November, it's gonna get cold. It's just fucking spooky spooky vibe Stay spooky, my friends. Hell yeah. yeah. And then we'll do, like, Nightmare Before Christmas to transition. Hell yeah. There we go. Hell yeah. I love it. Into November, Nightmare Before Christmas, transition us into Christmas from Halloween. That's perfect. Boom, bam, boom. So this movie comes out, uh, Buona Devil. And, you know, old Jack Warner, he's still at the helm at Warner Brothers over there. He's still kicking? He's still kicking. He's, he's kicking strong. And he's still kicking people out of his fucking window, too, whenever they disagree with his terms. And uh, he sees the promise in this 3D thing. He's like, uh, I got to get me some of that, you know. <laughs> so he contracted Julian and Milton Goonsberg's Natural Vision 3D system, the same one that they used for Buona Devil. He got those guys. And uh, he wanted to film a remake. Well, this has been pitched to him. This is not his fucking idea. Um, but he greenlit a remake of 1933's two-color technicolor thriller mystery of the wax museum which was based on a three-part play called the wax works by charles belden so you know from play Who the fuck wants to go see a play called the wax the works works it sounds like a, a burlesque yeah you know the wax works right. it's like women dripping hot wax it sounds wax. like a modern play where you just watch wax drip or some bullshit <laughs> like, that's like, hey, man. like some weird play that's only in like a basement in New York and like it's you drink enough moonshine and the wax works will do it for like you Andy Warhol just lighting a candle <laughs> <laughs> they would have paid thousands for that in the 60s oh man but old Jack Warner he paid a lot more than thousands he allotted a budget of 1.25 million dollars and when you run that through the old inflation calculator, that's about twelve million these days. Jesus. So he was kind of like, let's let's take a shot. Let's like throw some money at this thing. Yeah. Bona Devil, be damned. Because Bona Devil came out of the like poverty row, basically. Mm. I mean, it it was like an independent thing, you know. He was like, I see a future in this 3D. I can charge more for tickets. Yeah. Exactly. You know, those. So the 3D was the kicker. The 3D was the kicker. The 3D was like the. No, is this the red and blue glasses 3D? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or is the red and blue? Okay. Yeah. And uh, this was yeah. I got a little bit in the technology of it, not very deep, just because mm-hmm. the movie has a lot of you know deep lore yeah. to it. 
But uh, yeah, this was the red and green, and they were playing with like foreground shit. Warner saw it, saw the future in this shit. So he throws twelve million dollars at this thing, and he gets Vincent Price. That was that was like the first guy he goes to. You know, is this where your notes come in, Dev? Well, I was just gonna. I thought it might be appropriate to bring up a quote from the New York Times about the first movie. Okay. And it's because this is what Jack Warner had to have been basing his decision off of. So when he's like, is this going to work? How can I Well, let me see how this first one did. Right. And the New York Times writes, it's all very well in its way to have a mad scientist performing operations in well-told stories. But when a melodrama depends on glimpses of covered bodies in a morgue and the stealing of some of them by an insane modeler in wax, it's going too far. Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah. Jack was like, let's push the fucking envelope, baby. I mean, I think it, it was like the reception of the first one was so like. All that's here is the gore. It's kind of like lukewarm. One review was like, it doesn't have a scene at the end to wrap it all up and button it up and like okay. tell everything why. Yeah. Like, Did the first one make a lot of money? I don't know, okay. actually. I'll be on next year's episode. Yeah. Um, it did better in Europe than it uh, did in the United States, but in, in the 1930s, it made a profit of $80,000, according to Warner Bros. Okay. Yeah. It was 325 domestic and 781 uh, international, so that must have mean it, it must have been right around a million to make. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you run it through the inflation calculator is probably a good bit of money. Yeah, that's all right. That's um, not bad. That made yeah. that made the Warner Brothers a little bit of money, especially like uh, this. Sort of reminds me of like Hangman or uh, Nightmare Alley. Yeah, you know, like Nightmare Alley. We did that episode. Yeah, and uh, was that last Halloween? No, that was the first episode this year. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's... Nightmare Alley was sort of, you know, it was Bro. something that they pulled back out and remade. This, this is some Hollywood accounting bullshit. So you, you remember? <laughs> what? Yeah. I gotta say this. No, really. You, right. you know what I just said for those numbers, right? Warner yeah. Brothers claims it earned, made a profit of eighty thousand dollars. Well, the budget for this movie was two hundred and seventy-nine thousand, and at the box office totals were one point one million. Yeah. So. Where the fuck did eighty eight hundred thousand dollars go? <laughs> Jack Warner's <laughs> drawer. You know what I mean? Like it made one point one million at the box office. They're the release. They're not doing a big water. Like I just don't understand why the they only got eighty thousand dollars profit. The marketing when, budget, maybe, or he was sending it up to I that mean, governor. He was trying to get elected. Well, yeah. that's true too. Yeah. Since I think they're the distributor. And the production company, they do that double accounting. Uh, yeah. And they're like distributor fees, but the distributor right. fees are also the Profits, production company. Yeah. So it's okay, all payback yeah. to them. Interesting. And that's how you okay. make the money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know if this has always been a thing, but the rule of thumb <laughs> is the budget of the movie, you double it for marketing. So yeah. like, I don't know if yeah. that was still a thing back then. I don't um, know how many billboards on Sunset they were buying. It but, was like right. matched, I think. It might not have been that much in marketing because all you're doing is print. You yeah. know, in the 30s, what are you doing? Yeah. Posters and That's then true. shit in newspapers and magazines? That's yeah. it. Yeah, those billboards, they cost, you know. <laughs> they have fucking billboards. Yeah, paper. Not yeah. like 
billboards like, like we have now. Netflix. They had like <laughs> shit hanging on the sides of buildings. Yeah. Yeah. They, have, like, they were painting actual... like the sides of milk trucks. I mean, yeah. Sunset was still a thing, right? Yeah, yeah they just, for sure. They no, always had it boards was, up on Sunset. Yeah. This was 1933. It was this also was was it still a dirt road back then. It was then? also probably just being funneled straight to the mafia. You know? <laughs> I mean, this is also the, the broccoli's ate good off yeah, that. They had to pay James Cagney. Yeah. But yeah, so they're gonna make this movie. Jack Warner's throwing a little bit of money at it. They bring out old Vincent Price, the king mm-hmm. himself, uh, just guaranteed to fucking, you know, rock this thing. And especially if you're wanting to make a good old horror movie, you got to bring out Vincent Price. He was huge in the 30s and 40s, uh, but he had been kind of doing like bit parts in the, in, you know, before this came along. His career kind of waned a little bit, so they're going to bring his ass back out. Uh, a baby Charles Bronson is in this movie, a very yeah. young Charles Bronson, 1952. You might remember Charles Bronson. We were talking about him in the Steve McQueen episode. He was in uh, The Great Escape with Steve McQueen. Uh, and he okay. became like a gigantic action star. Charles Bronson was he's, like The Rock at one point. Yeah, you know him. He's probably from pictures and stuff. He's got mustache. He yeah. always has this mean look on his face. And he's kind of this man's man archetype and like kind of in the same way like Clint Eastwood was yeah John Wayne is you know or was uh, he was the rock of his day he was the rock of his day was dude. he that jacked he was jacked okay. I mean for his day he was jacked. Okay. he wasn't like wrestler you know <laughs> modern day wrestler jack yeah the rock defies logic yeah. that man is too big he's probably the alien that supplied the bombs <laughs> you know okay I've That's never seen that man before in my life gotcha yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that yeah, before. Uh, uh, Death Wish was his big thing. That was like his big franchise. Death Race. Death Wish. Once Upon a Time in the Old West. I mean, that yeah. movie is a work of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that movie. Oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah. Oh shit! Well, yeah. you've seen Charles Bronson. I so. guess I have. But he's in uh, this. He's very young. Seven. Yeah, yeah. What's those old western? Dirty Dozen. I love the Dirty Dozen. That was a favorite. Yeah. And Nedrick Young, who plays the alcoholic assistant Leon, he's the guy I was talking about. He was uncredited because he had been blacklisted during the Joseph McCarthy Red Scare era in Hollywood. So he was in this movie, uh, and they they uh, they wouldn't let him get his credit for it because he was a commie bastard. Damn, dude. He was a red pinko <laughs> or whatever. Now, I wonder if you went and then killed a commie, would you get... Unblacklisted. Right. Absolutely. John Wayne would make you president or some shit. <laughs> He'd welcome you with open arms. You, John Wayne you was did the us president. A solid pilgrim. <laughs> you killed one of them commies. Pilgrim. Oh, come and play my number two in the new Genghis Khan movie. Pil- yeah, come and I'm going to assault a native woman on yeah, stage, pilgrim. pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, I can't wait for his episode. Uh, and one thing to note, of course, is I was talking about the code, man. The original movie, Mystery of the Wax Museum, that was pre-code, baby. But now we're deep in commie hunting code territory. And uh, so in the OG we're deep movie, in code territory. <laughs> that should be some merch. Yeah, we're commie deep in commie hunting territory. This is a target-rich environment, as you'd say. <laughs> Uh, so in the OG movie, Leon is just a straight-up heroin addict in That's the 1933 sick, movie. But in this movie, they just made him an alcoholic. They yeah. had to tone it down a little bit for the code, you know. But, uh, yeah, if you go watch the original, you can see an old old junkie. Um, but, yeah, Phyllis Kirk was an actress in this. She tried to turn the film down. She's like, absolutely not. Uh, but she was under contract with Warner Brothers. 
so she had no choice basically to to appear in it and but that she apparently was not very happy about it she said in her quote she said i bitched and moaned and said that i wasn't interested in becoming the fay ray of my time fay ray was the actress in the original one i wasn't interested in becoming the fay ray of my time Kurt confessed another bone of contention was the 3D format, which she regarded as a gimmick. Uh, however, despite these reservations, she had a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, so that was the thing. Some of these people were like, this is just a, a circus act. We always talk about this on this show. We're like, yeah. it's the new magic trick. You know, it's yeah. the new. I mean, I'm not against it because no, yeah. it's like it's a new visual format that moves like the tech needle forward. Yeah. So like eventually yeah. we have VR and then we yeah, have all this other right. crazy yeah. stuff. But I, I get like there is a it's it's almost two different art forms. It's like making something for a VR is yeah. different than making something for a flat screen. Right, for sure. Just the way you do it, the no. way it's shot, sequences, yeah. all that kind of shit. So I, I would put it akin to like an actor, you know, uh, back in back in the day, actors weren't in video games. You mm. know, you had video game actors, and then like a film actor would never be caught dead doing a fucking video game yeah. back in the day. You know, unless you're Marlon Brando. Exactly. Oh yeah. my God, that's right. He's in The Godfather. Yeah, I have some. Was- I have some more details on that if you if you want to hear it. Sure. Uh, it's really quick. Um. So yeah. So he had agreed to do the game, but by the time they got around to recording the audio for that, because this is like 2005, he was like in the hospital on a breathing machine. Wow. And most of the audio that they recorded was unusable because you just, you could hear that he was on a breathing machine. Yeah. But there's one scene. That would be so funny. I would really like to hear that. But there is one scene in the game where uh, his son, I think, goes to visit him in the hospital. And so it worked. And so it's only one line, but that is the last line that Marlon Brando has ever recorded for an entertainment project. And it is in The Godfather video game Damn. and you can hear him like what a way, way to pass the torch yeah. To the new era. Yeah. yeah the yeah. way he is in the game is the way he is in real life just like barely hanging on on a hospital bed like breathing through that a machine man, that man started on world war ii era broadway <laughs> and ended off with a fucking video game a very good one by the way the yeah. godfather was a great video yeah. game very it, i would say it's very like part of that franchise yeah, but the rest me. of his lines were recorded by like a uh, a sound alike wow so but that was Phyllis, Phyllis Kirk's whole thing. She was like, this is a fucking, this is a freak show. I'm not going to be a part of this. But Jack Warner was like, yeah, you are. Um, and I <laughs> she, owns you. I owns you. See, you want to go out that window? You want me to introduce you to the broccoli? <laughs> I imagine Jack Warner just had like a shoot out of his office. You know, he had that like third story office. That was one of the things he was famous for. He had like a very high up office. And apparently... <laughs> Third story, baby. Third story, baby. That's right. And apparently, legend has it he threw some people out of there. <laughs> really? Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the whole. That's why I always make that joke because legend has. I don't it. know if he did, but his fixer his shirt. Fi- yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were some big dudes in that office that were just throw. I imagine he just had a shoot that just went out of the window, so he, he, you funny. didn't break his window. He just had a time. button you press, and the floor <laughs> yeah, comes yeah. out underneath yeah. you. And you just you call John Wayne. Slide out. <laughs> I'm here to beat you up, Pilgrim, <laughs> for old Jack. Uh, it's, so, oh, and Phyllis Kirk also said she was uh, she had no fond memories of working with Charles Bronson. <laughs> she wanted to make sure that was out there in the world. She did not like working with that man, which is not good because she wound up working with him quite a lot because they both had Warner Brothers contracts. So, <laughs> good for women of the 50s. Damn. Um, <laughs> Among the foregrounded uses of 3D in the film were scenes featuring 
fights. There were like 3D fights, can-can girls. Uh, the movie begins with like the first like gimmick, you would say. Yeah. And it's a guy with a paddle ball, and he's like hitting yeah. it towards the audience, you know. And uh, the audience is like, ah, he's he's he's. He's in. He's in me. He's inside me. Ah, you know that was like the whole thing. That's what they're selling here. They're selling sex. Um, but it, 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 speaking of, but it, it, we really kind of are. He's hitting the paddle ball, and he breaks the fourth wall. He's talking directly to the movie theater audience. At one point, he's hitting the ball towards the movie th- audience, looking directly at us. He says, "Well, there's something. There's someone with a bag of popcorn. Close your mouth. It's the bag I'm aiming at, not your tonsils." 1952 humor, you know. That's cool. It's interacting with the audience, yeah. though. It's like, whoa, dude, whoa, he's never said that to me. What a weird time uh, to if, be alive. Yes, dude. It's like Nito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first time the fourth wall's ever been broken? Nah. 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 I mean, I, it, Probably since day one. I mean, they broke the fourth wall in silent films. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was about to say, like, Charlie Chaplin technically mm. broke the fourth wall. Okay. Yeah, as a matter of fact, silent films were all just kind of breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. They just had to, like, talk directly to the audience a little bit. Interesting. Anyway. We're still a history on the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, the history on the fourth wall. <laughs> fourth wall is a theater term. Yeah, I was going to say, does it come from film? Yeah, 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 film, yeah, yeah, film took that. How just... can there be a fourth wall in 2D? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> film, film discovered the fourth wall just like America discovered all that native land, you know? Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we should do a history on the fourth wall. Though. Yeah, because I yeah. forgot. Yeah, it's the theater term. It's the only place that makes sense is yeah. the theater, yeah. So, Deb, you were talking earlier about <laughs> you can't watch 3D because of your eye. The director of this movie, Andrew and Andre de Toth, was blind in one eye, directing the 3D film. Wow, that explains a lot. He <laughs> can't see a fucking thing. He's, he <laughs> could not he he could not watch this movie in 3D. The movie That's that he's making hilarious. in 3D. <laughs> Vincent Price recalled it's one of the great Hollywood stories when they wanted a director for a 3D film, they hired a man who couldn't see 3D at all. <laughs> Andre de Toth was a very good director, but he really was the wrong director for 3D. He'd go to the rushes and say, Why is everybody so excited about this? <laughs> it's just a movie! And uh, it didn't mean anything to him, but he made a good picture, a good thriller. He was largely responsible for the success of the picture. The 3D tricks just happened. There weren't a lot of them. Later on, they threw everything at everybody. So Vincent Price, yeah, he kind of says, like, he toned it down because he couldn't even fucking see it, you know. And then Jack Warner liked it because he said Andre de Toth focused on the story. He doesn't give a shit about the 3D. He's doing the 3D for the studio. Uh Like, he can't even, he literally can't even fucking see it. So he doesn't care. He's just making a movie, you know. So it's like, it was an, it's like a porn with an actual story, you know. (laughs) Like, you're there for the sex, but you're getting a good story while you're at it. That's funny. And And Jack Warner was like, fuck that story story give me more <laughs> yeah, paddle yeah, ball exactly yeah after that it was just like everything's gonna be an acid trip after this <laughs> you know you're gonna fuck your mind is going to melt in the rest uh, of these 3d movies see, the uh, universe i say this all the time but the universe has a fierce sense of irony and a lovable sense of humor yes this motherfucker was blind to one eye yeah that's so for funny sure. Made a better 3D movie yeah. than the rest. Hey, years later. And then, yeah, and then he made a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Years later, I got to see Saw in 3D, so it was all worth <laughs> it, baby. Exactly. And by the way, this movie, House of Wax, very good. 
Very yeah, yeah. fucking good movie. I haven't seen it in 3D because <laughs> I I like the can, you can't find those glasses. Yeah, I can't anymore. find those glasses in my home. I don't have any red and green. I glasses. actually have a bunch. Can can you can you still rent this in 3D? I think so. I think okay. you can still find this in 3D. Okay. Let's do it. Let's All right. Have, cool. We'll I don't know where they are off the top of my head, but I know they're in I've watched movies in 3D before. It's no. just annoying. It's, I don't no. like it either. I'm not a big. Imagine guy. watching it without your glasses on. Yeah. I yeah. fucking yeah. love it. I love it so yeah. much. Um, that TV right there is a 3D TV. Oh shit. Uh, and but I have. That's game. a different. Than yeah, it is. I, I mean, it is. Blue. But also, I mean, you know, if you could, if I could load up Spy Kids 3D if red and blue right now, like I'm watching that bitch. We'll, you know we'll, I mean? like, we'll do an episode yeah. on uh, 13 Ghosts as well. Okay. The original 13 Ghosts. They yeah. had this 3D technology where you had a. Uh, there were two sets of glass, or like three or something. There yeah. were a few sets of glasses. One of them was just purely 3D. One of them was uh, you would see the ghost in 3D. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, you would put your glasses on, and for some reason, you wouldn't see the ghost at all. I don't, oh, interesting. I, I don't know why you'd want to watch it that way, but maybe you were too afraid to see the ghost, um, but cool. you wouldn't see him. Uh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a sucker for 3D stuff. I cannot wait for Avatar 2. I'm being that bitch day one with yeah. the 3DS glasses they got. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, sorry, Dev. No, it's all That's, good. No. When they, they changed the 3D technology um, – Sometime in like the 2000s or 2010s or something like that, and it was no longer the two colors. Mm-hmm. It was like each frame of the lens had, had the filter to, to make right. it look a little 3D. Right. So I went to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on mushrooms mm-hmm. in oh, 3D. Shit. Yeah. And Jesus. It was 3D. It was just mushrooms, but it, that makes me anxious just thinking. I think about they it. did it in three D. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was in three D. After Avatar, every movie was in three D. Yeah, so. well, and all mushrooms. Every movies are still in three D. You can go see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in three D. I pro- like right to, yeah. in a, in a week. You know what I mean? Like they still do movies in three D. Yeah, yeah, and those I can see, but it's still oh okay because it's each it lens is independent of one or the other. So right. it's it, but it still looks like. A little strange. bit fuzzy, okay. a little bit like unfocused. Like you can tell it's still a little. Well, bit that's not just three D, baby. Yeah, three D is unfocused yeah. as fuck. I think it's, it's yeah, but yeah. I would the settings have to be. You got to think this is the only eye I'm looking at, so right. this just has to be a TV lens or a, a right. lens. Right, and it's just kind of okay. So yeah. everything is a camera lens in my world. Right, like mm-hmm. I constantly look out of a movie my whole life. I see so what you're the saying. depth perception is different. Like yeah. everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, because I'm I'm yeah. blind in my right eye. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it was this is, like I said, related to this episode. Yeah. But uh. This, you uh, should direct Avatar 3. Hell yeah. Focus more on the story. James Cameron can't afford me. <laughs> James Cameron is the, uh, the the reincarnation of Jack Warner, so it all makes sense. Supposedly, um, he's looking for someone else to direct Avatar 4. Yeah? Because he directed really? two, and, 2 and 3 are already shot, and uh, he's just yeah. like, I don't I'll do fuck. it. That's definitely my pitch. I'll be like, yo, oh. I am blind. <laughs> yeah. I'll focus that, more on the story. I'll re- replicate, you we'll, know. We'll pull Vincent Price. We'll get a hologram of Vincent Price. Uh, yeah, he's like, going. hey, I don't want to do four and five. Someone else <laughs> fucking do this. It's a bad idea. I regret my decisions in life. But speaking of Vincent Price, and, uh, you know, we're talking about a movie made in the 50s, so it, it wouldn't be complete without a, uh, a bunch of people almost dying. Sick. Uh, people almost died making this. I got a few stories here. Vincent Price, there's a scene where, you know, spoiler alert, I don't know. I'm going to spoil this movie, I guess. Fuck it. There's a scene where they burn down the wax museum. Okay. And Vincent Price is in this scene. And it says, uh, 
must have been very easy for Vincent Price to act alarm in the sequence in which his museum burns down. Right before the shoot, Andre de Toth's crew set three spot fires in strategic locations. Then the camera started rolling, and everything went really bad. <laughs> uh, the team quickly lost control of their fires, which merged into a massive inferno that put a hole in the soundstage roof. And uh, Vincent Price was basically caught between the fire, or he was, he was, the fire was between him and safety. <laughs> a very, very big fire that was beginning to singe his fucking eyebrows off. Oh it was God. so close to him. They're, they're burning Vincent Price alive at this point. Oh it's basically what's God. happening. And no one can quite get control of this thing. The roof is like caving in and shit. They finally fucking come and rescue his ass out of there. Probably like a few less eyebrows. And, uh, <laughs> but the mannequins, these wax statues that they've made for the movie, are melting in this fire, you know, like they're supposed to be for the movie. Well, Andre de Toth was like, well, don't stop rolling. You know, like, we can't remake those things. This is a set piece. <laughs> Get the shot. Yeah, it's a little you know? set piece. Yeah. yeah, it's a set piece, and they're expensive. Uh, get the shot, you know. Uh, Vincent Price, he was a great man. He did that's, a lot for this industry. That's you know? hilarious. That's so good. <laughs> what, better, what better way to send him off than... Wait, he's dead? He dies? No. Oh, okay. You know what's worse than burning Vincent Price alive? <laughs> what? Not burning Vincent Price alive and not, not have the cameras rolling. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, if you're going to burn, if you're going to kill... Can you imagine Jack Warner being like, so you're telling me <laughs> you burnt down my facility? And you didn't film it? Yeah, yeah. They would come up and be like, Jack, bad news. We burned Vincent Price alive. And he would go, he would go, did you get the shot? <laughs> did you film it? Because <laughs> we mean, can we have can, another Vincent Price up here. Use it in something. <laughs> did right, you well, film it? That's what uh, Vinny P would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, Andre de Toth, he kept on filming. Even as firemen arrived to help extinguish the flames, he was still getting that fucking shot, baby. But... Even crazier than that, him keeping the cameras rolling on a flame that's probably going to burn a legendary actor, very beloved, is a scene where Paul Picarney is rescued from the guillotine by Frank Lovejoy, seconds before the blade came down. Uh, so they have a scene where a guillotine is going to cut this guy's head off, and he gets rescued from it. Well, Andrew Andre Detoff thought well, let's just use a real guillotine oh my so, god <laughs> he brings this fucking actual guillotine to set what a, where'd he get one from uh, <laughs> you know i'm sure he just called around hollywood he's like the rat pack had it or something you know uh <laughs> it's a 1950 sex dungeon yeah, this yeah. over from france yeah i got frank sinatra's got one in his basement and you know whenever whenever people find out about his mob deal Mr. he President, brings them down you should to, come stay with me yeah. i got a guillotine and everything <laughs> What do you want? You need a you need a human foot. I'll get it for you by tomorrow. I got a blade on a string. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what a guillotine is. Uh, <laughs> so this actor, Picarney, and director Andre de Toth got into a heated argument when Picarney, being such a fucking square, is like, "I'm not putting my head in that thing," you know, just being a fucking outright just pussy. You know, just be a little he's, bitch boy. Yeah, he's just being a little bitch boy. And Andre de Toth is like, "Don't worry. Before the blade hits your fucking pretty little actor neck, 
We're going to pull you out of there, all right? Don't even worry about it. I got my best guys on it. You know that I, guy who shot at Jimmy Cagney in the 30s with that Tommy gun? Yeah, I got my best Yanka. I got yank, my best Yanka. He's going to yank you out. He's going to yank oh your ass God. before you know it. giving me anxiety yeah. just listening <laughs> to this being explained. I got my best Yanka. He's going to yank you. Don't worry. <laughs> so <laughs> this goes up to Jack Warner. Picarney's agent calls Jack and it's like, hey, bud. <laughs> Hey, Jack. Guess what? <laughs> He's like, hey, Jack, my man, I sure do love you. Thank you for giving my client the opportunity, but I think your director wants to behead him in this movie. And Jack Warner was like, oh, no, man, don't worry about it. I'll make it less dangerous. <laughs> so no, no specific details here, but it says that Jack Warner ordered him to make it less dangerous. <laughs> so Andre Toth is like, okay, it's less dangerous now. We can do this. So he fucking did it, dude. Well, would he do anything to make it less dangerous? And, uh, who knows? Probably put like <laughs> Probably not. two thumbtacks in the track. <laughs> <laughs> he got even better yankers. He got two more yankers. He got two more yankers on the job. Now we got four yankers. We're going to yank you out of there before that blade ever hits <laughs> you. Know, they Don't you just, worry. Like, if they were even thinking practically, they could have just stopped motion this. And done like a very <laughs> yeah. slow move and just like. Sped that shit up, yeah. you know? Nah. They could have put a, a, a dummy. Like, they could have yeah. just put a prop. We want the weight of that real guillotine. Yeah, you, you know? use the and weight. I want the fear in his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. He just wanted his actor to get the uh, best performance possible. Uh, Let's be honest. You I'm know? the best yank in town. Uh, we got four yankers. <laughs> we got four yankers on this thing. Uh, and then this isn't like so much of people dying, but. Uh, <laughs> so he was fine. He, he, he was fine. Okay, they yanked yeah. him. They, yeah, he was, You know what? Jack Warner and Andre Detoth kept their word. They did not behead the man. They didn't They didn't burn Vincent Price, and they didn't be... When you're looking for, if a film went well, ask yourself, well, did they die? Because what if a, they didn't... What a different movie this would be if we were like, so they burned their lead actor and beheaded a man. It would, it would just be Cannibal Holocaust, but in 1952. Yeah. Yeah. It's like live footage of Vincent Price being melted. Uh, yeah, and a man being guillotined. Who knows? Maybe they actually did guillotine the guy. Just got him a replacement. Yeah, you know, whatever. We'll never know. Yeah, He goes home to that guy's wife. He's like, I'm him now. His <laughs> wife's like, well, it's 1952, so I really can't say much. <laughs> uh, or you'll hit me. It's a completely um, different person. <laughs> it's one of the Yankas. It's the one of the Yankas with the mustache. I'm your husband or whatever's. <laughs> I yanked your husband, not in time. Now I'm your husband. <laughs> they they wanted me to make your husband. He was being a bitch. Now I'm your husband. So, but this was this was not a near death experience. But uh, Vincent Price he had his makeup on and uh, he actually got banned from going to the commissary at Warner Brothers because he was grossing everybody out. So he was having a miserable time with that. You know he couldn't go eat fucking the commissary. The commissary at Warner Brothers. Is you this ever been there? Prison. Dude, the commissary at Warner Brothers. Their food sucks. I've been there and I've had lunch there. Why, why is it not Paramount. called a cafeteria? It's, why is yeah. it called a commissary? Jack Warner's, <laughs> Jack Warner's cafeteria is a commissary, my friend. You're under contract. You are in prison. You have to eat here. You have no choice. When we're feeding my you, my brothers are just like we're only serving borscht. <laughs> hey yo, we're serving the dead guy. He didn't get yanked oh, in time. You want to go across the street and eat at Canners? Are you a communist? Because <laughs> I think you could be communist real fast around these parts, my friend. 
You are to eat in the commissary. But uh, Vincent Price wasn't allowed to anymore. He said uh, he was wearing his makeup, and the girl at the register turned green, almost fainted, and uh, they all said he couldn't come back to the commissary while he was filming this movie. Poor Vincent Price, man. He's like, I'm a legend, goddammit. Damn, dude. He just looks like death. Yeah. <laughs> They were overreacting. Hey, props to hair and makeup, yo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They must have done a damn good job. Is there a hair and makeup Oscar yet? Oh, who knows? No. <laughs> nah. No way. <laughs> there might have been. I don't know. We'll find out eventually. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we get to the episode of our Oscar <laughs> recap. <laughs> our hair and makeup people also do cadavers. You know, that's probably about the... Special effects. Special effects. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's just our the best mortuaries. Max, Max Factor makeup artist. We just hired the mortuary people. <laughs> they come by every Tuesday. We're going to kill them on set anyway. You're going to need to be ready to make them up <laughs> for their funerals. So... This thing's got to come out, right? That's how we do this show. Now the movie comes out. <laughs> they made the movie. No one died. We're all good. It releases. We, yeah, it we, makes money. We yanked him from the flames, and we yanked him from the guillotine, and now it's time to slap this thing together yeah, and come out, and it releases. on in the box office. Yeah, this film premiered in Los Angeles at the Paramount Theater on April 16th, 1953. Good on him. Good on him. It played at midnight with a number of uh, celebrities who were contracted. They had to be there. A mm-hmm. uh, number of celebrities in the audience. Broderick Crawford. That's a made-up name. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Gracie Allen, Eddie Cantor, Rock Hudson is there, Judy Garland is there, Shelley Winters, Ginger Rogers. Just any, a fucking... any relation to the restaurant? Oh, Cantor, yeah. No, wait. Eddie Cantor? No. Oh, no, 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 no. What am I thinking of? On... In the Melrose no, area. It's not, is that not Cantor's? Well, there's Cantor's Deli. Yeah. But no, it's spelled differently. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wait, ask me that again. Right. Was that in relation to Cantor's, the deli? Yeah, it's spelled differently. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep all that in. Power of <laughs> <laughs> So, but this is so fucking sad, man. So, one of the producers, Alex Gordon, uh, he... Everyone in the world knows this, but he also really knows this. Bella Lugosi, Bella Lugosi at the time is not doing well. Okay, oh, he's on the way out. He's on the way out. <laughs> Bella Lugosi's very broke. Bella Lugosi was Dracula in like the old school Dracula. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. Frankenstein and Fra- yeah. yeah, a bunch of he old was like a yeah. He was a real say, horror legend. Say the founder of like the genre. Absolutely, like Universal's monsters. Yeah, original. This. Producer Alex Gordon, he knows that he's short on money. Of course. In dire need of cash. Absolutely. So he arranged for him to stand outside the theater while the premiere was going on, wearing a cape and dark glasses and holding a leash with actor Steve Calvert in a gorilla suit on the end of it. How insulting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Horrible. Like you're, well, you're a guy who holds a sign. He's outside. a hype character. Yeah. In front of the in front of the premiere. Oh, I thought you were saying how insulting to be on a leash. Oh, that too. <laughs> no, that too. no, no. I'm just be like, be like, you know, the guy who spins signs outside of phone stores. Yes, dude. And he's like, what's a phone store? And he's like, you'll find out in 30 years. But it's what your fucking job is, motherfucker. That's basically I what mean, he's doing. It would be more like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. wearing an Iron Man outfit out front exactly. of a spinning out, sign. And and out front, nonetheless. <laughs> 
cast of like a future Marvel film. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, he is Iron Man from the old movie, standing outside of the new hot young yeah. making money yeah. people. You know, the making money <laughs> like, people. Yeah, yeah. Like Vincent That's Price is passing wild. him after his fat ass Warner Brothers paycheck. Just like, hey, buddy, thanks for uh, clearing the way for us. That's you wild, know? dude. Yeah, dude. So he actually he stood outside for a little bit. Why um, do you have no money? Do you just love cocaine? Man, well, oof, that's okay. an episode. All that's right. a that's a three four part. Okay. Bela Lugosi was a okay. gigant. That's like film okay. history deep. He had too many hot dogs at pigs. He had too many hot dogs at pigs. Okay, he, cool. His hot dog budget could not withstand uh, <laughs> what he was bringing in. Yeah, uh, but he didn't stay very long. He was interviewed by reporter Shirley Thomas who thoroughly confused the aging star when she asked the prearranged questions that he wanted her to ask out of order, uh, and so he left. <laughs> <laughs> out of order? Yeah, he wanted a certain order of things. He was very old. And, and he, he died, broke. like, three or four years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three or four days later. Um, it's like, damn. <laughs> there's actually footage of this. Footage of Lugosi in front of the theater appeared in a Pathé newsreel released in 1953. Parfait? Oh, Pathé. Parfait. Parfait. I say Pathé. It might not even be. Uh, What's a Pathé? I don't know. know. It's like a film historic. It's like a commission, basically. If you're looking on YouTube and you see all that old, it's also just like old footage and shit. Are you thinking of the dessert? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Parfait. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good Parfait. (laughs) The Parfait newsreel. (laughs) While eating Parfaits, I watch Pathé. I think it's Pathé. It's spelled... Probably is. I was just being pedantic. No. I was just being pedantic, <laughs> like Bella Lugosi. Uh, but this motherfucker made serious dough. House of Wax, it topped the box office charts for five weeks, earning an estimated $5.5 million in North American box office alone when it released. Uh, the film was one of the biggest hits of 1953. Uh, yeah, opening weekend, $5.5 million, which when you put that through the old inflation calculator... That is a $56 million return on, so it was $5.5 million on, he, he had spent, Jack Warner spent about $1.2 million. So that is like making $57 million on an $11 million investment. Wow, okay. Which was a huge return. Good. Uh, and then it opened worldwide, and you it went... You wouldn't do as much Hollywood accounting on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All that money went straight to Jack's nose. <laughs> uh, when it opened worldwide, it went on to make $23 million. And when you put that through the old inflation calculator, that's $255 million today. Wow. Jack don't miss, baby. Jack don't miss. Jack don't miss. He may throw you out of that window, yeah. but he's going to make you some money. He'll throw you on the right spot. <laughs> He'll throw you into a pile of cash. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like, this 3D thing's got a future. Yeah, and he was right. And it was, honestly, it was short-lived. Like, the 3D mm. craze of the 50s kind of came and went, you know. Yeah. And I think Vincent Price had a point when he yeah. said it just got overboard yeah. and it just became fucking... We just weren't there yet. Yeah, we weren't and then We brought it back with, like, with virtually the same technology in the mid-2000s, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. why did we do that? Exactly. And oh, that's he, crazy. We, we took 50 technology and we were like, let's do this with Spy Kids, and then we'll drop <laughs> this again for a little while, and then we'll bring it back with Avatar. Yeah. And look, now we're it's dead again. No one, had, yeah. no 3D has been big, you know. Not specifically, but you'd be surprised how much money it still makes. Like yeah. I said, every major movie, especially Marvel movies, releases of a 3D version, and they still make 
insane money. Interesting. Because because a three D ticket's like twenty five bucks. Yeah, that's true. It's like it's ten dollars more expensive than the regular one, and it's like so like my one of my buddies he actually worked at a studio up in Toronto called Stereo D, and their mm. whole job was to take the movie and make it 3d just make a 3d version of oh, it shit. and he got paid okay for a starting job but it's like they just kind of like pump those out like it's very it is very rare that a movie is shot with 3d in mind usually right. they just convert it later but yeah they're still making crazy money off 3d i don't know who the fuck is still going to see 3d because it yeah. looks like you're watching a movie with sunglasses on. People bringing their kids. Yeah. You know, but I, that being yeah. said, I will absolutely 100% see Avatar 2 in 3D. I really want to go re-see Avatar Down in 3D. Because yeah. I never I never saw Avatar Damn. in 3D, I don't think. I don't I don't I think I saw it like when it came to like Blu-ray or whatever. Like yeah. I really want to go see it in 3D. So I mean, you know, like the right movie will still get me. Yeah. It'll still go. All right. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, if it's James Cameron's part of it, yeah. I mean, 3D will die out like the 8-track because like yeah. you, once VR is widely yeah, accepted, yeah, who the absolutely. fuck is gonna want to even fuck with a 3D movie? I know, and I've I've done some VR experiences that are basically if you made this feature length, that would absolutely be there. If That's you made a the war next film, genre, yeah, of like filmmaking yeah. is making stuff mm-hmm. in VR, absolutely. And I really want to fucking go into that, dude. I think yeah, yeah like a war film in VR Whoa. would be fucking incredible you know yeah i've seen there's some vr short films that i've seen and they're they haven't figured it out yet yeah i think there's a way to do it i think what you need though like if it's going to be a movie i think you need to be in a moving chair i think you need that 4d kind of like experience like pair with vr because when you're just sitting there or whatever and like you look around it kind of gets annoying because it's like (coughs) you're always wondering if there's something interesting behind you you're supposed to be looking at yeah it's and also like the motion sickness thing has got to be fixed. There's a lot of things that yeah, have to be addressed. For sure, I think VR and games makes the most sense right now. But uh, yeah, like I think yeah. 3D and uh, VR and movies still needs a little bit of work. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Hey man, they got that Quest Pro coming out soon. Hey yo, Ready, hey yo, v- hey, PlayStation yo. VR two coming hey, out. I heard coming it was soon. good shit. I heard it was yeah, good shit. Yeah, hey yo, coming hey. coming soon. Uh, a little fun fact. This doesn't really go anywhere besides just here in the fun facts. Uh, Vincent Price would actually go to the screenings uh, like incognito. Cool. And he said it was fun because he was wearing his 3D glasses, so apparently a lot of people didn't know who he was until he, like, Superman-style yeah, took off say, his glasses. Yeah, it works, yo. <laughs> he said, uh, at a showing in New York City, Price quietly took a seat behind two teenagers. Right after a particularly frightening scene, he leaned forward and asked, did you like it? Which probably shouldn't just be, you know, asking random teenagers if they like something. Hey, baby, you like this? Hey, baby, you like, like this that? fucking movie? You like huh? that movie, baby? Yeah, I can show you some real up-close stuff. You, know? you want to get 3D of me? <laughs> you can take those 3D glasses off from right here, baby. I'm the you best Yanker I mean? in town, I yeah, guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, I got, I'm, the, I'm the price of four Yankers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And he said, uh, in Price's words, they went right into orbit. They freaked the fuck out. They loved it. <laughs> so the reception was, like, mixed. Uh, the movie made money, so who gives a fuck? Like, it made mm. buku bucks. Jack yeah. Warner, don't give a damn. Yeah. And uh, God willing, you ever give him a bad review, don't go in his office, you know, because he will throw you out of the window. But uh, the re- the reviews were just kind of like, it was a gimmick, you know, mm. just kind of the same old bullshit that a lot of people were saying. Yeah. This is just, like, some yeah. some gimmicky uh fair ride it's like hey did you have fun or not exactly i bet you i don't know when disney 
uh, the theme park started incorporating 3D technology, but I bet you it was super early. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? The thing of presidents, the Hall of Presidents and uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch mm. of, like, simple visual trick stuff, and that's mm. probably what was, like, exposed to the public first or, you know, the kind first, of in conjunction. The first big 3D ride I remember was actually at Universal. It was a Spider-Man ride, and that came out that's in right. 2001. Shit. I remember that. Damn. Yeah, it was 2001. Yeah. I bet if you did that right now, you would just bomb it immediately. Yo, actually, no. Wait, before they re- that, re- the Terminator re- experience. That was kind of, so the gun used to like come out from the screen. Yeah, that that might have been, oh, 19, yeah. that might have been 1999. Damn. Yeah. They've been doing, oh shit. Yeah, and yo, dude, the theme park 3D was leagues ahead. Like, it's yeah. still better than a lot of 3D we have now. It blows my fucking mind. It's incredible, yeah. Man. What the fuck? Why don't they just get that shit? They did get some positive shit, though. Variety uh, gave them a positive review. It said, This picture will knock them for a ghoul. Warner's House of Wax is the post... God, they were so I've always, funny. I've always, I've been, I've always been saying that. that knock, knock them for, for a ghoul. ghoul. That's that old adage, yeah. you know. Knock them for a ghoul. What a bunch of corny, white, honky, cracker <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh... <laughs> Warner's House of Wax is the post-mid-century jazz singer. By the way, let's, <laughs> let's evoke Al Jolson. Yeah, wait, what, was there something racist about it? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the blackface like it's in the crowd. Oh said, uh, what the what the Frares and Al Jolson did to sound, the Warners have repeated in oh, third okay. dimension. I get what they're saying now. Yeah. They're like, but remember still. the last big thing? Yeah. But still. You it's know, like, but hey, blackface was still okay at the yeah, time. Yeah, it's like that. Listen, but this n- is why we separated the colors. <laughs> <laughs> it's segregation. Green. For your eyes. <laughs> Red's, that red will never touch that green. Don't worry. <laughs> Red's on the left. Green's on the right. That's the rule. We actually what? want you to watch the movie without the glasses. So everything's <laughs> Oh, shit. There's no more black and white. It's red and green. But, uh, yeah. And then Variety, you know, like, whoever wrote that, Jack Warner, like, uncocked the revolver in his office and was like that's that's a good review son you can leave uh, <laughs> but uh a lot of other people just found it disappointing um you know it was you it, said you saw this movie yeah did yeah. you like it i loved it okay no, it's cool. actually a good movie and okay it's cool. genuinely scary in my okay opinion. sick like okay. it's very fucking creepy cool. and i think it's like okay uh, i imagine the 1933 version is even creepier yeah did you, you know? see it in 3d or 2d just 2d okay just regular. all right it holds up yeah holds cool. up i highly recommend almost it. like it was made by a guy who couldn't see 3d yeah exactly yeah yeah i, I didn't see it in 3d absolutely love this movie I've actually seen this movie a handful of times. Okay, it's cool. like something that yeah. I watch every now and then. Cool, I just think it's great. You yeah, know, it's really good. And uh, Vincent Price, Sick. it's just interesting. You know, definitely gonna get his own episode. Nice. That's about it, y'all. Cool. Yeah. That, that was a tight. That was a tight episode. Yeah. I mean, it was two hours, but I mean, half of us are probably gonna cut. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Tis the way of the show. But that is House of Wax for our friend out there in Germany. Yeah. Thank you so Dude, much thank for the you recommendation. How yeah. And y'all, it's a you, fascinating tale. If you recommend us a movie, we'll probably do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's kind of the going rate. Yeah. Uh, we haven't not done any movies that have been recommended. Yeah. To us. There, there is one that was recommended, but we're holding out for a special guest for it. So oh, if you're that's that person right. who's like, I recommend something you didn't do it, it's like, we, we're trying to pull yeah, something yeah. together real we special will. for that. We will. That'll yeah. be the, yeah. That's a real that's special episode that's coming. But, uh, celebrity guest. But yeah, but absolutely keep, keep the recommendations coming. Uh, I, if you're out there, keep signing in, 
to my chat on TikTok and yeah. uh, shout out to me on TikTok. Say it again, Deb. What's his name? Fruchen Pleden. Yes, that's our buddy in Germany. That is the man. Sorry if I'm messing no. that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. And if you'd like to recommend something, you can find me on TikTok at Hollywood Drake. You can also find me on Instagram, where this man DM'd me at <laughs> Drake Cummings on Instagram. Uh, my first Getty images are up on my IG. Check it out. Fuck yeah. I'm very excited about I'm that. Really famous. And you can find me on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings and uh, other places on the internet if you simply Google me. Hell yeah. Uh, find me at Sailor underscore Dev on Insta and Abracadabra Dev on Twitter. God damn, it feels good to be back. Damn right. Oh, back yeah. in the flesh, baby. The the wax flesh. The waxy himself. flesh. <laughs> yeah. In front of us. Man, I worked hard on my skin, and sometimes the dryness out here just, you know, it's turns so dry into out wax. Here, and it's I can't so out. dry out here. And I don't I clean you. my ears, so it's got the big things coming out. Whatever. I love when big things come out, just like in 3D. You know, I love when, I love when big things come out of your wax. Could you yeah. imagine like a jackass or like just a, didn't they do a jackass yeah, 3D? They did a jackass right. 3D. It was incredible. Hell yeah, dude! It was incredible. Yeah, uh, you can find me at James White Scott, Jimmy Deloy. You can find us at Film History, the History of Film, FHHF Podcast, and uh, you can also find me. Yanking you away just in the right time. That guillotine will never touch your pretty actor neck, all right? We're going to get you out of there because this has been Film History, The History of Film. You know what I'm talking about.